0: What is going on, everyone? So today on the Workplace Warrior, I am talking to a good friend of mine, Ben Azadi, the Ben Azadi. He is the founder of the Keto Camp, and man, this guy knows his stuff when it comes to health. Um, in a in a former life, I was super obsessed with health and fitness, and competed and all this stuff and Man, like everything I've ever always looked into, Ben has an answer and research and just a story for. And man, this guy just has such a wide range of knowledge that touches on so many people's lives for different ages, sexes, diet types. I mean, man, he knows how to dial it in. And so I get a chance today to sit down with Ben And have a conversation with him again on some of the things that he does to help people in corporate America, uh, both in and out of work, both mentally and physically. So really integrating different habits outside of work that you can carry into the workplace, things you can do while you're at work, and then things that you can take from those experiences um, that will impact your health, both physically and mentally. So without further ado, welcome to the Workplace Warrior, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the Workplace Warrior Podcast, where we have people from around the world share with you their journey to expand human consciousness and bring evolution to our modern-day workplace. Where the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward. And while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius because the people who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do Ben Azadi what's going on brother thanks for having thanks for coming on the show man glad to have you
1: I'm grateful to be here with you Lee love all the things you're doing man and I'm excited to chat with you
0: yeah, man. Any any excuse I can get to uh, catch up with you, man, and you drop some knowledge bombs for us on health, um, it's always a good time for me. So with, with that said, Ben, for the people that, you know, haven't heard your story, especially here on the Workplace Warrior platform, you know, I like to ask people, where did your Workplace Warrior journey first began? And what I mean by that is, you know, when did you really start having that passion for what you do and start leading the way in what you do um, currently? you know, for your keto program, for the health coaching that you do, when did that really finally ignite for you uh, in the workplace?
1: Yeah, it ignited for me when I went through my own personal health transformation and weight loss transformation. Most of my life, as you know, Lee, I was obese uh, and I was depressed. I had a lot of issues going on both physically and mentally. And it wasn't until I hit rock bottom back in 2008 when I was 24 years old that I was kind of forced to do something and wake up. And I, I used that rock bottom as a, a springboard to launch into to greatness is what I call it. And it all started with my health because at that point of my life, 24 years old, weighing 250 pounds, I had 34% body fat, physically obese, mentally obese, just lost in life, hit rock bottom, ex-girlfriend broke up with me. I didn't know how to deal with it. I was devastated. And then I said, you know what? I need to do something about this because I was miserable every single day. So I started reading books, started reading guys like uh, Wayne Dyer and Bob Proctor and it just opened me up to a whole new world. And that's where I decided to take responsibility for the first time in my life. And I started exercising, I started eating better. And and all of a sudden, nine months later, I went from 250 pounds down to 170 pounds, 34% body fat down to 6% body fat. So I finally carved out a physical six-pack, which for me growing up, having never had that, (laughs) it was a big goal for me. But I tell people that more importantly, I carved out a mental six-pack and I would take that Mm -hmm. over a physical six-pack any day of the week. And Lee, that's where it all started for me back in 2008, 2009. And that's where I kind of tipped my toes into the health space. And I've been full on ever since.
0: Okay. So what were you, what were you doing at the time do you, when you were kind of at rock bottom how much of what you were doing for work you know was misaligned for what you wanted to do outside of maybe just you know the healthy eating and what you actually wanted to do as far as your day-to-day went
1: Yeah well I didn't know what I, what my highest values were I never determined them I was just kind of mm-hmm. living life according to what other people projected onto me and what they thought right. I should be doing not on my own terms so I, I didn't really figure that out until I did some some work on myself. So what I was doing at the time was working at a packing and shipping store as I was going through that transformation. And then the transformation, or I should say the the uh, packing and shipping store went out of business. So I was kind of forced to find my next avenue of income. And I had an offer. I, I remember at this point in my life, I had an offer to be a manager at another packing and shipping store. And it was a, a raise and it was close by and it was very comfortable, mm-hmm. right? Right. And at this point, I had went through my transformation. So many friends and family members were asking me, how did I do it? So I had a thought. What if I turned my transformation into earning income and helping other people? And that's where I decided to become a personal trainer. And uh, I I declined that job offer to be another manager. And I became a personal trainer. I put ads on Craigslist. I had people coming to my old childhood home which i turned my sister's abandoned room she moved out into a gym and i trained people oh, wow. there and that's where i got started in my old childhood home
0: what what drew you to that outside of like your own personal desire to better your own health you know what kept you in that industry and, and you know kept that fire going once you did get into personal training and things like that
1: yeah i mean it was the, it was my my transformation that sparked it and and throughout the 9 months as i was working on my health. I was studying health and fitness and I got really excited about it. I started to learn a lot. And what really got me even more inspired to do it was all the people who were asking me to help them. Yeah. <laughs> and I had done it on myself and I figured why not help them and, and make some income while I do it. So it was a combination of me studying and and I'm a I'm a big believer that the more you put certain subjects in front of you, the more inspired you are to do it. So for for example, when I read books on fitness and squatting and bench press, I'm going to do that more often in my life. But if I'm not reading books about that, then it's my chances are decreased. So I kept feeding the beast and feeding my mind and my brain with information on a consistent basis. And that's where it kind of led me to becoming a personal trainer.
0: Yeah. And fast forward to now, man. And I mean, you're on every major platform. You've got all these amazing like you know, platforms and classes and information out and just something that really has stuck out, you know, with you is just the amount of free stuff you give away, man. Like you just give away a lot of like information that, you know, a lot of people pay a lot of money to get access to and you're constantly like providing people with super valuable information. So, you know, I know when you and I first connected a couple of years ago, and I started looking through all your stuff. I was like, "Man, this really guy really, really is super thorough." Like the way you explain things, man, come out really concise and, and clear, and it, you break it down very nicely.
1: Yeah, thank you, Lee. I appreciate that. It's it's my mission and the mission of my company, Keto Camp, to educate one billion people. And the way to do that is yeah, provide a lot of free stuff. You know, I don't give it all away. I, I give you the mm-hmm. general. Rules to follow when it when it comes to health it's very it's a challenge actually to put out content to the masses and have it apply to everybody because health is very customizable there's no cookie cutter approach to it, so i'm kind of giving the general rules which would work for most people, but some people need that extra coaching they need that extra extra customization, and that's where they kind of enroll into my programs and pay me for more so I appreciate that yeah, acknowledgement man. Lee. and
0: so you know, with that, too, you know, I know you're heavy on LinkedIn now and doing a lot of things there. So I, I can only imagine that, you know, with your experience with health and then with the crisis that we face kind of in corporate America, not only physically, but mentally and both, you know, I'm sure you run into a lot of things there. And and with that said, what are what are some of the things that you've seen you know, within corporate America, that are causing more health issues, both both mentally and physically. Because again, that's another thing that I like about your work is you cover both aspects, not just the physical, but you understand the importance of the holistic, as as popular as that word is, uh, the holistic aspect to somebody's well being. So, what do you see, kind of, in corporate America that's contributing a lot of this, you know, hurt on both sides?
1: Yeah, what I see the the companies that are prioritizing health for their employees for their team are the companies that are scaling up and and the companies that are not doing that are the companies that are kind of fizzling out they're plateauing because the companies that are not focusing on health I mean the sick days add up the pro- mm-hmm. the, the the productivity is on decline because being in an office space is just not conducive to health, but you can make it healthy by incorporating certain things. There's, You could change some of the policies in your company. You could have different types of foods in your company that are not going to spike glucose and insulin as much, right? You could have these keto-friendly meals and snacks available for your staff so that they're having a, st- a steady le- level of uh, glucose and insulin, which means a steady level of energy levels. And you could have things where you have workouts for your staff. I mean, it's the companies that are actually... Thinking about their health for their staff are the ones that are growing fast. I'll give you a per- perfect example. There's a, there's yeah, a company yeah. called Bulletproof, uh, Dave Asprey's company. Yeah, and he, what he did was super cool. I just found this out last week because I interviewed. Um, a, he's he's called America's Sleep Doctor. He's been on like Oprah, Dr. Oz. His name is Dr. Michael Bruce, and we were having a conversation, and he has like this um, quiz called uh, Chronometer Quiz, and it teaches you when your genes or, or it teaches you actually what genes you have in terms mm. of when's the best time for you to sleep. So there's different, different levels. I mean, some people need to go to sleep right after the sun. Some people are night owls. Some people are early risers. So he has this quiz. And what Dave Asprey, who is the founder of Bulletproof did, he had his entire staff take this quiz. And he would oh, wow. set up meetings according to their optimal time on that quiz. So, I was like, wow, that's a great idea. Like, things like that go a long way for produ- productivity because if he has his entire staff at the same time of the meeting, and let's say it's 7 a.m., but like half of them are more of the late, early mm-hmm. morning uh, type of people who ha- are in their genes, they actually function better later on in the morning, then they're not going to do so well in that meeting. So, if you could, you could customize it and have this data, it really makes a big difference. So, things like that uh, are super cool, and you could do that. And it goes a long way with your, with your yeah, productivity a, and at the an end of the day He's an impressive dude, profit. man.
0: Like if, if we could just do a percentage of some stuff that he does, then we would be all right. Like as, he's, as out there as he is with some of the things, I mean, and they're totally. all great. But it's if we could just do a small fraction of that, then we'd are you know we be doing a lot more better, I think, for sure, especially health-wise. Because, I mean, he's he immersed himself in it big time with some of the stuff he puts out, it seems like.
1: I agree. Yeah, he puts mm-hmm. out a lot of great stuff, and yeah, what you're are, right. we, um, can, we can that. What model are some that.
0: of the um, tactics that you do kind of recommend and talk to companies about? I know you probably work on a, on an individual basis, and you're right. You know, when I was in corporate America, man, you come in and it's donuts and monster and you know sugary foods, and then they'll order the Chick fil A trays and all the bread and the carbohydrates and things like that. And this man, it's like, and then you hit these crashes, you know, especially being in these sales environment. So these, uh, you know, it environments, so these fast paced moving cultures, and, you know, they're fueling themselves with, with bad gasoline, essentially, man, you're trying to you know, run this race car and have this high performance, but yet you're putting in, you know, crappy gasoline. So what are some of the things that you recommend to folks as far as eating goes, as far as maybe like eating habits, how often, what types of foods, especially when they're at work, right. Cause they can be at work eight to 10 to 11, 12 hours of the day. So, what do you say for, you know, people in that environment that may not have access to a kitchen or the things that they may need to bring with them to work?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. This is where one of my favorite health tools comes into play, and that's intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying to just not eat all day. You don't have to do that, but if you if you could get into the habits, if you're somebody who works in a company and you just want to accelerate your productivity, your mental clarity, and your focus, and also your energy levels, then getting into the habit of of skipping breakfast and instead having like a a fatty coffee is what I call it, which is coffee with some grass fed butter or some grass fed ghee and some MCT oil and some sea salt, like just a fatty coffee that's going to be a great way to have better energy levels because that coffee is not going to spike glucose and insulin. It's going to help you stay focused. The cool thing is that MCT oil, it bypasses digestion and it goes right into your cells, right into the mitochondria of your cells. Yeah, so there's no bile that needs to be produced. There's no, the liver doesn't have to digest it. It goes right into your cells. So MCT oil is a great little hack for your brain to just light up right away. I do want to give a word of caution. If you've never used MCT oil before, It's wise to start very low and slow, maybe with one teaspoon, and then you could kind of titrate up to one to two tablespoons. If you just go too much too soon, it'll send you to the bathroom with what I call disaster pants. So yeah, start slow. But that's something right there. That's a powerful hack. Have, but if you do choose to have breakfast, it's fine as well, but stick to this formula. I talk about this a lot, the PFF formula, which is stick with protein, fat, and fiber as your breakfast meals. If you could do that and hold your carbohydrates to later on in the day, you're going to be much more productive. So, to give you an example of what that would look like, eggs and avocados or like a, a, a fatty protein shake, or like a keto smoothie type of shake, or even um even some like bone broth or something like that. But fat, protein, fat, and fiber is a great option if you do have breakfast and if not, just yeah, a fatty coffee. For sure, man. Would, and, uh, and intermittent
0: fasting changed my life most definitely. Like I got introduced to it probably back in Oh gosh. Uh, 2013, 2013, 2014, I was real big in like the competitive bodybuilding and all that way too extreme there, but trying to do every, you know, diet and fad and this and that. And I came across fasting. I was like, man, you know, it, cause that's when the bro science was real hard. Right. And so everybody's like, you gotta eat six meals a day. You gotta eat chicken, broccoli and, and rice every two hours or you're going to evaporate. Yeah. So <laughs> I was like wait I was like you can go all this time without eating cuz you know I got tired of eating I'm like man this is exhausting all this food um and my energy was always down they were like you know carb up before you lift I'm like but I felt worse and so I started this fasting and man like it just changes your life and now I use it for more of a you know an inner going within spiritual type uh deal but obviously it still has its health benefits too man but but combined for mental and physical wellness like fasting is, uh, is definitely like the way to go. And then, you know, once you can extend that, and that's what I'm going to ask you next is, you know, once people get their feet in the water and they've, they fasted, you know, have done the, you know, maybe what is it? sixteen eight schedule, something like that. You know, they've got their, you know, proteins, fats, they've got their diet down. What do you say as far as like, you know, advancing your fasting schedule? What do you recommend? How do you mix it up? What would you say there on um, some of the extended fast and such?
1: Yeah. And, you know, people don't get that. What you just said is f- people think they're under the false impression, right. Lee, that food gives them energy. Right. And and the reason they, they believe that is because they do feel a little bit better when they get that food because they get that glucose spike. But that's because they've taught their body to rely mm-hmm. on that. It's like that treat. You know, it's like you, you don't it. want that. You want freedom and and the ability to not have to rely on that and have to rely on snacks. If you're flying on an airplane, like, what are you going to eat? I mean, what if you could just get rid of all that? I did the math, by the way, because a lot of people say uh, eating healthy is expensive. And it, it can be. It can be. Eating organic is expensive. But I did the math. If you're able to incorporate intermittent fasting, and you, let's say you spend $15 every single weekday, Monday through Friday, on breakfast. After a year, mm-hmm. if you just skip that, you'd get back $3,900, right? 3900 bucks back into your pocket, which you can use for better quality food. Secondly, if you spend 20 minutes on breakfast every single day, you're spending time preparing, eating it. Oh, if wow. you skip that Monday through Friday, you'd get back two and a half days. So that's something you could apply to a bus- your business, whatever you're working on. So, going back to the point I'm trying to make is that you're going to save money, you're going to save time, and you're going to have more energy because it takes massive amounts of energy and resources and blood flow to process food. Okay. Mm-hmm. Food does not give you energy. It's the complete opposite. So once you teach your body to start burning fat and have this metabolic flexibility, and then you practice fasting, oh my gosh, like Lee just said, you're going to feel amazing. It's going to feel like a superpower. It's going to separate you from anybody else who's not practicing this. It's one of the best hacks in the world because the body starts to think, oh crap, it's been whatever, 14 hours, 16 hours without food the body, we're in a famish, right? There is a famish going on in our environment. The body does not know that we have Uber Eats Mm -hmm. on our phone and we could press a button and have a millennial knocking on our door in 30 minutes. The body does not know that. The body is hardwired for the old school. So what happens is it wants you to stay alert, focused and energized to go out there and hunt and kill your next meal. But we're so privileged and blessed to live in a first world country that we don't have to do that. So we're going to use all that energy the body is going to pump us with All that focus and mental clarity the body is going to give us and instead of using it to hunt and kill, we use it to crush our day, our sales calls, our meetings, whatever it is you're doing, that is the ultimate hack right there. So my favorite schedule for most people when it comes to intermittent fasting is an 18-6. It used to be a 16-8, I kind of of changed it up in the past few months. I like an Mm 18-6 and that is 18 hours out of the day, you're in a fasted state. You're having water, you're having coffee, you're having tea, definitely having some sea salt with that. And then six hours is your eating window. So, what that would look like on your calendar and your schedule would be from 12 to 6 p.m., your eating window. Outside of that is your fasting window. And and when you are eating, you're eating until full, you're eating protein and fat, reminding the body it's not starving. That's a rock solid schedule right there. And if you can follow yeah, that on most to days, save the, you're going to be Google much, search much better for the than people, the people rest that are of listening.
0: The pack. Why, why the sea salt bin?
1: Yeah, because when you are fasting, your body's losing um, excess water weight. Your kidneys are dumping a lot of excess water weight, which is great. You're going to feel lighter, but along with it goes to the electrolytes. So I've seen people kind of get a headache, or they might experience some short-term fatigue or dizziness, and that's really the electrolytes they're losing. So if you replenish it by having some sea salt Any with your coffee amount, with, just your water, it in, with your water, every time you have a glass just of water, right
0: measured, or what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, for the if for the day you want to have about one to two teaspoons for the entire day, but that's with your food and everything. But in my water, okay. I just kind of put a pinch or cool. two of some sea yeah. salt. and I think I've seen. I think, I really seen, I think, think
0: you've sport. talked to me about that before, and I've always thought that was interesting. I, and I've tried it in the past, and it definitely can tell a difference in like the clarity. Um, I have a really bad habit of forgetting water, so uh, <laughs> I've got to get a lot better with that. So. W- with that man you know I know we kind of hinted at the uh the mental clarity that the fasting can provide can you touch on some of that as well the kind of the pros and the cons because back to what you said earlier about the sugary foods all these candy bars and snacks and whatnot that most companies have sitting around or the little convenience store that's got all the little monsters and sour patch kids everybody can load up on uh, what type of impact do you see that having? You know, especially within corporations, trying to perform for so long in the day mentally, man. You know, what have you come across in your research and and from your clients on that aspect of how this is impacting their mental health and a lot of things that go along with that.
1: Yeah, when you are not fat adapted and you are not practicing fasting, when you are a pure sugar burner, it, it's going to take a lot of. It's going to take a lot of metabolic waste. Uh, When you are eating and snacking every two to three hours, your body is going to—you essentially are teaching your body to burn sugar, and the the consequences of that is all of the metabolic waste that is produced that is produced after that is being burned. So think of sugar, glucose, as a Mack truck speeding through the highway with all of the smoke coming out of its exhaust pipe. It's not safe for the environment. So when you're burning sugar, it's not really healthy for your cells. When you convert and you switch to burning fat and producing ketones, that's like a Tesla cruising through the highway, much safer for your cells. And the significance of that on your brain function is that the brain is a fatty organ. It's about 80% fat, meaning it loves to eat fat. The body loves fat. And when you give it what it wants, ketones could fuel your brain three times more efficiently than glucose. And it helps your brain also produce something called BDNF, and that stands for brain-derived yeah. neurotropic factor. And what that essentially means, it's it's like miracle growth for your brain. The more you produce a BDNF, the more creative you're going to be, the better equipped you are going to deal with any problems that come your way. You're just going to feel better, and you get that with ketones. You get it with fasting. You do not get it when you're snacking every two to three hours. What you do mm-hmm. get when you snack every two to three hours is a false hope a false sense of energy that goes away very quickly. And when your glucose and and insulin drop down from that sugary snack, there goes your energy levels. And then all of a sudden, you're scrambling and looking for something, another pick-me-up. So when you are fat-adapted and practicing intermittent fasting, it is such a burden because you don't have to worry about snacks. You don't have to worry about when your next meal is going to come from. To give you an extreme example here, the Guinness World Record for longest recorded water fast was 382 days. Okay? That's a, just an ex- a extreme foreign, example to show country? you. This guy I went 382 days totally. and he yeah. was fine. His blood work yeah. looked great.
0: His, yeah, yeah, I thought uh, I saw that. Yeah,
1: yeah he, was in, he was in Scotland. I wrote about him in my in my book he, in, back in the 70s. So he was totally fine, but he had a lot of weight. He had 450 pounds. He went from 450 to 180. But the point is this. The body knows what to do. The reason we mm. don't die when we're sleeping is because the body is doing its thing. We could go... We could go days, we could go weeks, we can go months without food and uh, skipping a meal or two is really not a big deal. Somebody who's even lean listening to this thinking, oh yeah, but I'm lean, I can't fast. Well, I'll tell you what, somebody who has 10% body fat, who's very, very lean, they have 70,000 oh, wow. to 100,000 calories of body fat on their body and could go weeks without food and be totally fine. So there's a huge misconception that we need to eat every two to three hours to rev up your metabolism. There's no science to show that. The science shows opposite. If you want to age faster than anybody you know, eat every two to three hours. So man, those prime are example of dropping the, uh, some knowledge bombs, man. And then just sugar. those
0: examples. All I can now is pictures. Of this big like truck with all this gas spewing out of, of the back, and this little <laughs> Tesla cruising right by. Uh, that's great. Um, <laughs> so h- here's one I want to throw at you, man. And because I-, I can see people sitting here listening and like <laughs> you know, just thinking this, me. you know, because we're in an age of information overload. And so, you know, somebody sitting here listening and say, you know what, you know, I've got Betty beside me and the other desk and she's, you know, on this uh, vegetarian diet or I got Clark over there and he's on the, the South Beach diet. And I got, you know, Carrie over here and she's on, you know, this diet where she's counting her macros. What What is the biggest, I guess, thing that you say to people as far as, you know, the health benefits to a ketogenic diet? Cause I know that's a lot of what you advocate and talk about, and that's what your whole keto camp is about, obviously. So what do you say to those people that obviously come to you and say, Oh, I've seen this. I've seen that. Um, especially in a workplace where there's so many other people probably doing a million and one different things. What is your stance and, and what do you kind of educate people on as far as a ketogenic uh, diet goes? All right. Yeah
1: yeah well, all diets work, just not long term. You know, when you look at our ancestors, if you look at the history of this world, every single human being, all of our ancestors spent a period of time in ketosis. okay? there's no arguing that. now the the, the, the way I teach keto is very differently than, than most people teach it. Most people teach it to get into ketosis, stay into ketosis, get the higher ke- the higher the ketones, the better. I don't think that's healthy as well because, like I said, all diets work just not long-term, including keto. So the the magic is when you teach your body and reset your body's metabolism and hormones to choose fat as its primary fuel source, but not the only fuel source. So the way I teach it's kind of like a a three-month approach to getting keto-adapted resetting the hormones, resetting the metabolism, and then we start keto flexing, and we start intentionally getting out of ketosis, we know that the body prefers fat as its primary fuel source. And the reason we know that is because out of the 70 trillion cells that we're made of, the cell membrane, which protects your cells, protects your DNA, it's made up Mm -hmm. of protein, saturated fat, and cholesterol. It's not made up of carbohydrates. The body's made up of fat. The brain's made up of fat. The body loves fat. Give you a perfect example: babies who are breastfed are in ketosis because breast milk has saturated fat, has cholesterol, and it helps that brain develop. So once we tap into this, this um, our birthright essentially, which is burning fat, the body will reward it, reward uh, ourselves for it. It'll reduce inflammation. It'll help us feel so much better. And then a side effect is you will lose weight as well. So the magic lies in flexing, using it, and rotating your diets and going in and out of ketosis. You want to be and strict, what does that mean for the people
0: sitting here kind the, of scratching the, the head saying, you know, that's new to the, all of this and wondering what you. the word flex means, you know, what is, how long can you get yourself out of ketosis? How, you know, I know it depends per person, but in general, you know, for the people wondering, like, how long does it take you to kind of get in a flexible state? And then how long are you trying to be flexible, then go back to ketosis?
1: The way I teach it in general is I teach people to go oh, wow. from burning sugar to burning fat and producing ketones within 28 days. And I do it in a way that they don't experience anything like the keto flu or anything like that. Out of, uh, out of the 100 and almost awesome. 200 members who have gone through my Keto Camp Academy now, not one of them has gotten the keto flu because I, I teach it the right way. So, yeah, thank you. So, so after 28 days, then I kind of go um, – they stay in ketosis after 28 days, but it takes them 28 days to do it safely. And then I leave them in there. Uh, and, and pair intermittent fasting and variations of fasting for two more months. And after after about three months of doing this, then they have earned the badge to start flexing. And how does that look like? I have four different variations to practice it. I'm gonna I'll share one of them with you right now. It's called the five one one rule, and that means five days out of the week you're eating keto, you're practicing intermittent fasting. Uh, so mm. for five days you're doing that one day out of the week you're just doing a 24-hour fast to get more of the fasting benefits something called autophagy and then that seventh day oh, is okay, your yeah. keto flex day where you have high healthy carbs you're feasting it up not really doing too much fasting you're getting out of ketosis yeah and then and yeah, then I that's that, kind the of a general so like rule that's amazing that's to me for so people. for
0: all you again out there wondering like what is autophagy like man you know hit Ben up. Like he right. has a plethora of knowledge when it comes to this. And that is a whole another subject. That's super, super interesting. Uh, when you enter that facet state and, and, and really get locked in. So where can, uh, where can everybody find you at Ben? Where can people, you know, get in contact with you and what's some upcoming programs that you have, just feel free to share whatever, uh, avenues the best to contact you through, man. So people can know how to get in, in touch.
1: Yeah, I I would say to head over to my YouTube channel. Uh, You just type in Keto Camp on YouTube. That's Camp with the K. I have over 200 videos on there, and I release a brand new video just about every single day on the channel. It's growing really fast. So go to the YouTube channel and then listen to my my podcast, the Keto Camp podcast. We're a top 15 podcast in the alternative health space in the US. We release three to four brand new videos each week. So those are two places for you to go. I, I highly recommend you check them out, learn more about my information, and, I appreciate uh, Lee, I that, man, thank you and for so for all you listening, share. definitely hit you're Ben up, whether you have play a company that
0: has needs, whether you have your own personal needs, whether you're looking to get your family in shape, um, you know, just outside of the work that Ben does, he's one of the most, like, purest, genuine people that I've, that I've known, and uh, definitely trying to plan a trip down to Florida, man, to come see you soon, so it's been a pleasure knowing you over the past couple of years, man, and just sharing these conversations, sharing these experiences together virtually and, um, just helping one another, man. So Ben's an awesome, awesome guy for you people listening and hit him up, you know, engage, check out some of the content. And uh, I hope you've all enjoyed the conversation in the show.